Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 112 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you've got drive, things to do, people to see. Yet, is it possible to possess drive and contentment at the same time? We're going to talk about that on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is Larry Gates along with my co-host, Armin Asadi. And we want to thank you for being a part of this show, for this podcast, for What's Next in Life. We know there's tons of podcasts out there that you can listen to, and we are delighted. Are we not, Armin? Just a little bit. Just I mean, we're totally only like one of like, one million. So. Totally, totally <laughs> delighted that you're joining us on this episode. We want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you're made to pursue, because this is the Reinventure Me podcast. We're at episode 112, which means what? Just go to reinventure.me backslash 112. 112. That's, that's where we find the show notes. Now, in this episode, Armin and I want to talk about something that you know we've been wrestling with quite a bit. It's come up recently for me, a little bit of a malady of discontent that I was feeling. And Armin and I started talking about that and, and started pulling out some, some stuff that we thought, you know what, there's probably a few people out there in our listening audience. Perhaps you're dealing with discontent yourself. And we hope that you get some encouragement from this as we just banter about what does it mean to be a person of drive and is it possible to be content as well? So we start out with uh, Inspire Me from one of the best books ever written, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I don't think that's questioned anymore. <laughs> Again, the title of the episode being Can Drive and Contentment Coexist? And here's our Inspire Me right out of the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. It says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Written by the Apostle Paul, your My hero, hero my hero, mm-hmm. my role model. This guy, Armin, was all over the place. You know, <laughs> he's got maps devoted to him in the back of the Bible just to hear were his journeys, right? Right. You know, if you did that for me, my journeys wouldn't be very interesting. Nope. They certainly wouldn't inspire a map at the back of a book, much less <laughs> much less a Bible, you know. Right. So and here's a guy who had just a ton of drive. I mean, I would say he had quite a ton of energy to follow that up. We we're gonna talk about whether it was drive or something else later, but this guy was on the move and you could say he was a man with a mission. Yeah. I mean there's nothing that stopped him, no prison, no whipping, no nothing. Right. You just he just kept going. Like the ever ready energy bunny, you know, right. just boom, 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 boom. That's and right. you meet somebody like that and you go, That's very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. I love being around people that are motivated like that. Yeah. It's something beyond the practical. It's beyond the the tangible almost, right? Because you feel like there's 
there's such a deeper meaning behind what they do than than meets the eye almost. Well, you know they're not settling. Right. There is something bigger than they are, and they do not want to be kept away from it, and they're just going to keep pursuing it. Well, I, I think that always comes up as this idea of not settling, but I, I think there's a different side of it is that he wants it so bad that it's not just set, not settling. I think not settling is this idea of like, I make 30000 a year, but I want to make 50000 and I won't settle for 30000 right? But yeah, this yeah, guy yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. I know where yeah. I need to go. I know what I need to do. Yeah. And I'm willing to suffer for it. Yeah. I'm willing to not eat. Yeah. I'm willing to bleed. I'm willing to be crucified upside down for it, right? There's a distinct difference of not settling. Like, I'm not going to take 30,000. And then this guy saying, you can beat me, you can flog me, you can stab me, you can throw me down a staircase and you can crucify me upside down. And it isn't going to stop me. And I'm not going to stop. You can take my batteries out and I'll keep going. (laughs) And and that's why I'm saying, I think there's a distinct difference between... Oh man, I'm ready to go already. Right, but I don't don't know if I have that yet. So it it, it is inspiring looking (laughs) at a guy like that and being like... Oh yeah, it gets me geared up, I'll tell you. So we want to talk about this. Can you be a person like the Apostle Paul and be content at the same time? Well, if you look at him, you mm-hmm. certainly have to draw the conclusion yes, because I mean that's what he he says in this inspire me, right? Yeah. So how do you get there? I mean, if you've got this relentless energy, and a lot of times it's our discontent that drives it, isn't it? Typically, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think oftentimes we're like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to continue on this way. We're in a job that we hate. Yeah, we go, you know what? I I'm really not happy here. Yeah, and so that's going to be the reason I move on. So, in some ways, discontent actually can fuel that drive and can fuel the change. And the question is, are you always discontent? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm discontent quite often. This is coming from a guy who's had a lot of affluence and not enough, you know, anywhere near enough. Lived in poverty, lived in wealth, but been discontent in both. Yeah. So you know. it's e- it's equal. Yeah. Your equal opportunity discontentment. <laughs> yeah. Well, ironic thing, you know, there's one there's one aspect of my life where I feel like, well, a couple. There was one time and when we lived in Pakistan, which was in the projects, I, I think I was the most content in my life. Mm. At that point, we had the least in our lives, but I was the most content because I didn't know any different. I had a good time. And then once I got saved mm-hmm. and met God, I, th- I think the first year, year and a half, I had nothing but I I had everything I needed. It was mm-hmm. so weird. I, I kind of want to get saved again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I was journaling the other day, and I was I, I had realized that I had read an article by somebody. I went and looked at their biography, and I realized as I was reading their biography that I was kind of envious of some of their accomplishments. Yeah. Not that I wanted their accomplishments, and not that I wanted their position. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that they had some hallmark accomplishments. You could, you know, this is what I achieved. This is what I achieved. It made me think, what did I, what have I achieved? Where are my hallmark accomplishments? Yeah. You know, and it, and that kind of drove me into this sense of just kind of discontentment. And I realized I was not at peace. Yeah. I was not at peace with where I was at. And I think that that's really what contentment is. Mm-hmm. I think contentment is when you're at peace, uh, no matter what your circumstances are. Right. You know, you can experience that kind of deeper abiding joy that while you might have an aspiration for something to be different, you're not anxious or angry or agitated. You're just at peace with where you're at. And yet you can still possess, I think, that energy to move forward. But it does take some work. Yeah. And I would add, that I feel like a lot of times when people are envious of other people or maybe their accomplishments or their awards that they've gotten, I think more often than not, whether it's from a business standpoint, a 
academic standpoint or a ministerial standpoint, I think a lot of times it comes from a lack of recognition and you want the recognition, right? Right. So it's not saying, I, I, I don't think I'm less than them. I don't think I'm better than them. I just want to be recognized like they got recognized. I uh, there's like, When we stop and look at it and we take an honest appraisal, there's so much of what we just inwardly desire is to be recognized yeah. by others. I yeah. think you're you're spot on with that. And I think if we take it a step further, I mean, I think a lot of it is not just recognition for the good work. I think that that's probably healthy. But where it goes sideways is when that desire for recognition kind of subtly morphs into a need for validation. Yeah. When we need other people to say we're okay or we've got it or we're somebody. Right. And anytime we start to turn that into a need for validation, then I think what we've done is that drive then is really moving us into this form of selfish ambition. Right. You know, and the Bible talks about the selfish ambition being part of an outgoing of our flesh. And that selfish ambition or that drive that we have toward that is when it starts to move us into this place where everything we're doing is really to accumulate a status or a title or accumulate property so that others confer upon us some privilege that we need in order to feel good about ourselves. And when you think about it, you're never really at peace when you don't have that. Sure. And so there's always this sense of striving. You never feel like you have enough. If you're at that place where you're always, God, if, if only I had, I mean, if there's always that kind of nagging unconscious, if only I had in the back of your mind, then you're probably in this striving discontented place. Right. So based on that, I, I think it would be good to just talk about some of the causes of discontentment because I think it come in multiple forms and right. I'm not going to list everything here, but yep. just some It of can things. come anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> At any time. Exactly. <laughs> in your sleep actually happens to me. So causes of discontentment. We got just being under challenge. You, you would be shocked how often discontentment comes from being under challenge. People have an innate need to be challenged. Yeah. It's how they feel alive. Yeah, I think we've talked about this in one of the earlier episodes where you outgrow your pot, you know, yeah. and, and that's probably a healthy form of discontentment. It's time to move on. Yeah, you never want to be under challenge. You don't even want to just be in between. You always want a little bit of that over-challenging feel because that's what keeps you growing, learning, whatever, right? And none of our listeners are under challenge, though. No. <laughs> and this one, next one kind of goes along with being under challenge, which is being bored. You're never bored if you're over challenged, right? What you do feels meaningless to you. It doesn't have a purpose. It, it's it, it's not driving you towards something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing doesn't align with your life goals. You're disenfranchised at the company you're in. You feel limited, like you have a glass ceiling that you're hitting as if you're capped and you can't go anywhere else. You're, you feel unappreciated or undervalued or even underpaid. But any one of those things, and I'm sure there's a laundry list more, but those are some of the main things that came to my mind. As, yeah, and that discontent can come from like almost any source. Right. And for me, like it came up, I was perfectly fine. Yeah. Until I finished reading that article and I clicked on that guy's biography. I don't know why they have biographies of people to make on articles. you feel like crap. <laughs> That's why. This guy but so, you know, so you. I was not sitting out. I was not in any state of discontent when I read it, but it just, boom. All right. All of a sudden, there was this reminder yeah. that, ah, yeah, gosh, where's, where's mine? Yeah. You know, and anytime you ask that, where's mine, yeah. you know that you're dealing with something that's like saying, all right, I'm comparing myself to somebody else. And now I'm feeling discontent with the outcome of it. So 
we've got to talk about this, about whether it's possible to be both driven and content. And I yeah. think the Apostle Paul would certainly demonstrate, yes, you can you can have that kind of energy and at the same time be at peace, whether you have a lot or a little that you can have this peace no matter what the circumstances are. And I think it makes a distinction between the kind of ambition that is driven toward others uh, and serving others like the Apostle Paul was, or ambition that's there for for yourself, or or you're working just toward your own. And I think that that can be the idea of calling is this ambition for others, and drive is perhaps the ambition for yourself. Mm. And when we've got calling, it's where we really are looking at how do we take what we've been given and really make it for the benefit of another. Whereas a drive that is of a selfish orientation is one that is outside in and it's looking for validation. And I think that's where a lot of people are at. And that's where I've been at a lot. I remember a time when I was in Norway working for a Cray. And we went to a user group meeting, and I so wanted to be in the in crowd. I so wanted to be validated amongst those that were kind of hanging out there that I drank more than I should have. In fact, (laughs) I really drank more than I should have. It was silly. And I was like, that was more than I've ever had. And I didn't realize that potato liqueur (laughs) could... (laughs) You know, the first... The first glass of aquavit or shot of aquavit is not doesn't taste very good, but after about four or five or six of them, you don't notice the taste, <laughs> taste anymore. In fact, you don't notice much of anything else right. anymore. I actually embarrassed myself, I think, at that party. And so instead of being in the in crowd and being validated, I think I was actually just kind of a, a total embarrassment. But what drove me to that, Armin, was my ambition, which my ambition was to feel like I'm part of a crowd and I'm finally one of the inside people. Mm-hmm. It made me do stuff that was just plain stupid. Sure. I mean, I think we've all been there, done that somehow. Yeah. So this calling is when we're we're working from the inside out, putting our gifts out to the world. Drive is when we're working from the outside in, or this selfish ambition is, and that's when we're looking for validation from the world. And this calling is something that recognizes God as the ultimate pace setter the one who opens doors, the one who sets divine appointments, whereas when we are operating under a drive that's oriented towards selfish ambition, we don't have time to wait. Sure. We've got to get going. Yeah. We've got to get moving. And we're going to bust doors down, and we're going to be, you know, lead, follower, get out of the way. That's yeah. the motto, right, of yeah. somebody who who's driven and perhaps not willing to right. take time to listen to where that might take you. Now, of course, you know, when we talk about calling, it's always a little bit of a trouble because you get tripped up over that word, and you might stop it's and, a deep word well yeah and you 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 might hesitate to think and check out going well i don't know what my calling is right, right. yeah so let's give our listeners a a minute or so to figure out their calling should we play the jeopardy music Wait, let's do that see i think even just taking a pause like that for a second i mean maybe our listeners were saying well what is my calling yeah. and it is one of those really hard things and i think the best thing to re- recognize is that that you're put here for a purpose, and the purpose is not for you to serve yourself. Right. And it's not for you to do everything on your own. Right. And your whole calling has not yet been revealed to you. Right. And I think that's that's the important thing to remember, is that we might get so consternated that we don't necessarily know what our calling is, but sure. the point is, is that we're not to know it because we have a God who tells us what our calling is as we do it. Yeah. We might feel that he is asking us to do something, but it's not, we don't know what the whole picture is. Yeah. As soon as we know what the whole picture is, guess who we're going to stop listening to? Oh yeah. 
Right. That's a good point. And, yeah. and that's and that's really what we started with this whole show was about, you know, never stop asking that question, what are you going to be when you grow up? Otherwise you stop listening. Right. And you stop asking, and you, stop you know, going. what what is it? You know, right? Yeah. So we need to be able to recognize discontent in ourselves in how we start to take that captive because there are times that are going to creep up on you from any angle and they're going to come perhaps as they did for me or they, they have for you, Armin, and they're just going to come in at strange ways and we've got to be able to recognize that and deal with it. Right. So do you think there's a certain type of people who can have contentment and be driven at the same time and people who can't? based on current circumstances, mindsets, et cetera? Oh, I think mindset is a huge part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, say more. You have some ideas there. I do. And I guess it was a leading question. Well, I don't guess. It, it definitely was a leading <laughs> it was question. was a leading question. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I question myself, right? I feel like there is people out there that I don't believe can be driven and content at the same time. I think they can have a sense of contentment and I think they can be driven just not at the same time for whatever reason. Some of the reasons I have in mind is I think the type of people who tend to blame other people and circumstances and whatever else for all their problems mm-hmm. and never take responsibility. I don't I I don't think they're the type of people that I could ever look at and say you can be driven and content at the same time. Yeah, anybody who's a persistent complainer especially when they find fault in their problems with other people yeah you know that that's just a perpetual state of discontent right yeah you're not going to get past it right and the other side of it is i i meet people that are very ambitious right i want to be this i want to be that i want to go here i want to make this and i've been that guy but they won't do anything to learn the necessary talents or skills or strengths or whatever. They have that, have that entitlement mentality, right? Yeah. Because like, I want it, it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can take it, thank Oprah for that, you know, speak right. it out to the universe and yeah. it'll become yours. And if I, if I put it on my vision board and stare at it long enough yeah. that uh, I'll have it. <laughs> I think there's those types of people that just, I think, eliminate this idea of, of hard work, right? They almost have this idea, ideology of luck. I, if I if I just knew the right person, I could get lucky enough to have this kind of whatever my ambitious goal is. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like as soon as those people can figure out, and, and by those people, I, I used to be one of them, is if I'm willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that is the differentiator between your ambition and your drive. Anyways, I mean, I, I guess it's a long list of ideas I have of type of people that I don't think can get there. And I, I guess another one I would lay out there is people who just don't have goals. If you have ambitions and you don't have goals, it's kind of like having a pipe dream. Like even with my business partners, anytime we create an action item but we don't put a deadline on it, I say that's a good dream. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything with that. Right, you just you're just throwing out pipe right. dreams. A goal without a deadline is a dream. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I put a deadline on it, and I believe we'll do it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, what would you say then is the right kind of mindset for those that would have? drive and contentment to coexist. So what kind of people can have drive and be content? I would say people who are Mm self-aware, people who know their goals and have them written. I think that's one of the things I've learned from being around people like you or Jay or whoever else is that there is a difference between a written goal and a goal in your head. I think that that's even an actionable item between someone who's ambitious and driven is they're willing to put it on paper and bring people around them and let the world know this is what I'm striving for. And it's hit or miss, right? It's a right. risk because mm-hmm. you're putting it out there. People who 
know what they want out of life? Do I do I have a plan for my life? Um, can I can I look sixty years into the future? And it's really hard to do, but ask the question: What do I want people to say about me? What do I want them after I pass away to say? This is the type of person Armin was. This is what he brought to my life. This is the type of value he brought. If I can know that, I feel like I can almost begin to shape the trajectory of my life and what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do, what I'm willing to give up and what I'm not willing to give up. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could keep going. Mm-hmm. Any, anything you would add to mm-hmm. it? Oh, I think those are all good. I do you think, think I'm off? No, I, I I don't, actually. I think the thing that's, that's difficult with how you're portraying it there is... Uh, to not believe that it's just binary, you know, you either can have them coexist or you can't depending on the type of person you are, because I think it really is more of a a learning. The apostle Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content, which means that he's gotten better. He didn't start out that way. He must've started out being discontent. I've learned the secret of contentment. And so it is something that he had to work in. And so I think what you're describing in terms of mindset is important, but to recognize that it's not like you either have it or you don't have Absolutely. it. It's a stage of growth in, in each of those. Yeah. So if it is a learning thing, then we need to talk about, all right, how do we recognize when discontent exists in our own life and what do we do about it? Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the point of this. What would you recommend in this case then? Well, I think the first thing, of course, with any situation is to is to acknowledge what it is and to recognize it and awareness of course is the first step to resolving anything Mm -hmm. and so identifying what is persistently dissatisfying i think that's the first step to recognizing discontent and you can find that really by checking your mood just like i did the other day when i realized that i just went from being fine to all of a sudden being a little bit gloomy and why was that and so when i had that mood shift yeah i had to say well there's something that just happened here what was it and I had to think about, okay, what it happened when I read that guy's bio. And right. all right, so then I had to say, all right, well, what was it that I was thinking that made me dissatisfied, right? right? And and I know what I was thinking was I didn't have that same kind of hallmark achievement. And I, I started writing down then all the things. I mean, I had five things that I wrote down that I was discontent about. Sure. And, and that was one of them. Another one was that I wasn't getting some of the stuff done that I wanted to get done that I had said, yeah, today is the day I'm going to knock this out of the park and nine o'clock at night, it's not done. Right. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, and I didn't even try, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the hard part. Right? right. So for some of that, so that first step, I think in identifying your area of discontent is just to, uh, Make it aware, make yourself aware of when it happens and to write it down or for me, writing it down is really important because it, like you're saying, you're setting a goal with a deadline, writing it down makes it concrete, makes it tangible. You see it right right there on the paper in front of you. Yeah. And you have to execute. You do. (laughs) You do. There's a key word that you're using in there is persistent. Persistent. Right. Because I think there are days when we're just going to be, oh, I didn't like how today went. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a persistent thing. Right. Right. And you don't have to be. Uh, overly anal about this. This is there's gonna be some things where it's just like you know you're just gonna have a bad day. Yeah, and you just get over that. We did an episode on how yeah, yeah. how to have a bad day, right? Oh, crap! I just got that song out of my head last <laughs> week. Now it's right back. I hate that song. So, so you had, had a bad day. day. <laughs> All right, we gave it to everybody else. <laughs> you're so, welcome. That <laughs> earwig brought to you by Armin Asadi. <laughs> Originally you. <laughs> So once we write down, you know, what we're dissatisfied about, what, what I did when I wrote down those five things, I asked myself, how is my mood when the opposite is true? 
In other words, mm. when I feel like I've had an achievement, when I feel like I've gotten stuff done, when like I hallmark, yeah, <laughs> how do I feel about it? And I realize, well, I feel the opposite. I feel, I mean, I actually feel very happy. I feel more confident. I feel more, you know, on top of the world. Woo-hoo. And I realize, okay, I that's a clue that those circumstances are driving me, right. and I'm not at peace when I can't control those circumstances. Right. So I realized that's where I need to find out. How do I need to reframe those? Right. And so that third step for me then is... But even at, before going there, yeah. though, I, I, I think the another point to the opposite feeling, I, I think, is the, that you recognize maybe it's really not a point of contentment for you. For example, people who think, if I have more money, yeah, I'll be content, and yeah. then they get more money. And they're not. They're just as discontent. Correct. Or they're more discontent because... Or even they, more so. Yeah, because now they got into a core group of people, but now... They have nowhere near as much as they need to because they went one step up and now they have right. less than they started before. Well, there are many people who who accelerate their standard of living way beyond their raise of income. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought that was a really good point worth pointing out. Yeah, that no, you're that's making. good. And so then for each of those things, for me, there were five. I had to identify, all right, what could I reframe and what actions could I take? Now, here's the key point for me as I was starting to look at those five is I realized what discontentment does in my life, Armin, is that it makes everything really big. Right. You know, like when you anger somebody and you know how some people just get really, really big when they get angry, you know, they just like they puff up. Totally. Right. Me. Discontent does that. It it does that. It makes our problems appear larger than they are. Sure. And it makes us feel worse than we really are. And so what we need to do, first of all, is deflate what discontent inflates because it changes our perspective on a situation and we start saying, oh, I never get this. This always happens. Like I'm always broke or nobody likes me or, (laughs) you know, anytime you frame up discontent, you're more often to use the words never, always, nobody, and everyone. And as soon as you do that, those are the inflating words. The reality is always much, much less than the way we perceive it. So that's why writing it down is so important because then you can start to recognize that wait a minute, I'm really overinflating this and I've got to bring it down. Right. Got to bring it down to reality. And so when we think the problem is big, here's the problem with that, is that we either think that in order to solve it, we can do nothing about it, which leads us into despair, or we have to do something so drastic that we're probably going to regret it later. You know, we just get emotionally charged and we make some decision that just is stupid for us to make, like perhaps me (laughs) drinking seven (laughs) glasses of aquavit, right? And so... The key is, is when we get into these areas of discontent and we see it happening in our lives is to recognize it and then say, what can I take as a small step toward it? Mm -hmm. Because it's not as big as I think it is. And yet if I stay stuck, I'll never feel good about the progress that I'm making with it. And so the question is, what is a small step that you can take? And if you're discontent with what you get done, like I was, and then just say, what's the smallest thing I could do that shows progress in this area? Sure. And maybe if you're discontent with a relationship, what's the one small overture that I could give to someone else that might make a difference for them? Right. And I think a good thing to point out here is contentment is a sense of satisfaction. Like you feel satisfied with what you're doing, the progress that you're making, the things that you've done, right? But I think, especially in my in my generation, mm-hmm. to generalize, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think we mix up this idea of satisfaction and pleasure, what pleases us or what satisfies yeah. us. And I think it's the difference between looking at a cup of ice cream. I, I'm addicted to ice cream. I eat the crap out of ice cream. Mm-hmm. No matter how full I am, I can eat a 50-ounce mm-hmm. steak and eat ice cream, mm-hmm. right? There's a nice separate ice cream stomach. Yeah, I swear there is. I would bet money on it. After I die, I'm donating that part of my stomach so I can prove it. But you see a cup of ice cream and you think, I'm going to eat all that, right? A cup? I say that about a gallon. Yeah, absolutely, whatever. You look at the ice cream and you think this is going to be the most pleasing experience of my life and I'm going to eat that ice cream. You eat that ice cream, what happens? At the end of it, after you've eaten and you eat that ice cream, it's not like you feel satisfied, you know? You're just like, oh my gosh, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah, look what I accomplished. (laughs) An empty bucket of ice cream. Right? You're just like, oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) Go do something. But on the other side, you look at something like working out, um, finishing a project instead of procrastinating on it, or whatever it might be, something that looks like work. And you look at it and you think, that does not look pleasing. Right. right, but you say I need to do it. I do it. So you go get that workout in, or whatever other example. It's not you want pleasing, is. but it's satisfying. Yeah, but yeah. after you're done, how do you feel? Yeah, right. You look in the mirror and you you appreciate yourself. <laughs> you appreciate what you just as opposed to looking in the mirror after you eat a gallon <laughs> of ice cream. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> you should not have done that. <laughs> you're gonna be in here for a while. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. I just feel like I do that all the time. I know you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pleasure or satisfaction? Pleasure it is. (laughs) How do we strengthen contentment then, I guess, is the next question that I would have. Yeah, well, clearly, once we identify it, then the question is, what do we do about it? How do we get get stronger? It seems to me like there's, there's three things we can do. First is... And and really, these are mindset things now, right? You know, because we talked about how to identify the discontentment and then to take an action around those things that you're perpetually discontent about. But now there's some really important mindset things that I think are good to cultivate every day. The first one is this: to play your part. You know, to recognize that you're part of something better. That this sure. isn't about you, right? And, and this is really about the fact that you are here for a purpose. And that is that you're playing to an audience of one and you are not the master coordinator of everything that's going to happen. Right. Right. And that isn't resignation. That's reality. Yeah. That's a recognition that you have a part to play and yours is not the lead role. Yeah. And just to do what you can play your part, work your field, do what you are assigned to do. And that, I think, will be a big shift in your mindset. And I think that's challenging, though, for most people, because everyone's favorite ra- radio station is WIIFM, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, what's in, what's it, in for it for me? me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so hearing that makes it, you almost want to dismiss hearing that. So mm-hmm. is there another way of saying that? That Because I, I, I think it's important to recognize that it is about you, but it's not. So how do, how do you, <laughs> as in it's, it the value is in there for you so in the that well, what we're talking about is for you the, the the part that's for you is your part right and another i mean i don't mean to be flip about this but when we do what we're designed to do and when we truly do give it in a way that's not just for ourselves it's much more gratifying right than just living for ourselves and that's really i think what the apostle paul was saying in his writings is that when we start to live out what God has put inside of us, yeah. 
it's much more gratifying than just trying to figure out how to get things to come to us, which is really what the source of most discontent is all about. Sure. So that would be the one, that would be one mindset thing. I think the other thing would be uh, mindset is to, and we've talked about this before, but really to take this idea of inventorying your blessings, you know, just to like if you were running a business and you were carrying an inventory, you take regular inventory of what you've got. Those are your assets right. and you count them because they mean something to you. They're, they appear on a balance sheet. They have a value right. that establishes the value of the business. Right. If you think about all the things that have been given to you that you may not be aware of, it's like take inventory of those things in the same way a business owner would want to know what's in the warehouse at any point in time. You ought to know what's in your warehouse of blessings. And the best way to do that is to practice gratitude because gratitude is simply remembering God's goodness. I I love what you're saying because it almost makes me think like a bank account, right? So every time you notice something wrong in your life, but you mentally note it it's like making a deposit, yep. right? But it's a negative balance now. Yep. And then you keep doing that and over and over. And the weird thing is the human mind is predominantly in a negative mindset. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right? And it is. the vast majority of people in the 90 percentile, right? Of course. And it's very rare that people actually have a true positive psychology. I have nothing close to it, right? Right. But what you're talking about, it's, it's, it's like making a deposit and you're choosing your deposit. You have one account, what are you going to deposit? Every time mm-hmm. you make a deposit of something negative or something bad or something wrong or something less than true about you, you're diminishing your account or taking it negative. But every time you look at something that you appreciate, that you see it as a blessing, that you're grateful for, every time you do it, it brings your account balance up. And it's almost like trying to figure out how high can I take this account? Because the higher you can take it, the higher you can take yourself mentally. And one of the ways you can take that higher is actually by looking at the things you're discontent about. Because I believe that inside of every form of discontentment is something to celebrate. Right. I'm discontent about not accomplishing what I have on my plate to accomplish. Well, I can celebrate the fact that I have something to work on, that I have a field, that I have ability to come up with ideas, and that I have aspirations that have me longing for something more than I presently have. And those things are actually worth celebrating, that there's a purpose there. Right. And so you can give gratitude for those things. Yeah. I like, you know, I love what Howard Hendricks said, because I think so often we get to this point where we think about the best that we've done is behind us. You know, and he says, when your memories are more exciting than your dreams, you've begun to die. Mm. And I think that's the thing that creates discontentment for so many people is they don't think about the possibilities for what lies ahead. They only think about time that they've wasted or they've lost or they didn't reclaim or they didn't do what they wanted to do or things were so much better in the past, you know, and if we just think about the past more than we think about what we're here to do in the future, then I think we've really missed out on that. And I think that's part of what fosters a lot of discontent. So inventorying your blessings, I think would be step number two in your mindset. And then the third is, I think this kind of goes almost without saying because discontent 
is tied to patience, right? Oh, so yeah. cultivating your patience. I rebuke that. I swear, I, I hear the word patience. It just means hurry up and wait. Right. That's, I think wait. that's the definition of patience for me. <laughs> well, we do live in this want it now culture, you yeah, know? Absolutely. I love the line from Postcards on the Edge because they said instant gratification is not fast enough. I think that was Meryl Streep who said that. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Every time I go through a drive through I'm like, come on, this is supposed to be fast. <laughs> I got to get somewhere. Yeah. This is taking seven minutes. <laughs> and many you know but many things truly are better with age right yeah. well i don't know yet look at me <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> it is better well i think it's true that impatience is really the show horse of discontent yeah and when we're impatient i mean that's a clearly a sign that we're discontent about something i know i know <laughs> Why'd All right. Point that out. Well, let's tee up a challenge me here. I don't want to. You already talked about patience. <laughs> Let me mope for a while, Larry. I don't need more challenges. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. What is the challenge? <laughs> okay. So let's do this for a challenge. Okay. Armin. Let's be honest with ourselves for a moment and, <laughs> and just take, take a second and say, you know, am I driven for myself or am I driven for others? You know, am I ambitious in a way that's feeding my own need for validation and recognition or are the things that driving me really purposeful in trying to get things for others and so the question is if if you are finding that you know i am driven i think a lot of what i'm driven for is really the externals the validation then what is it in that validation what is it that you're seeking from others in that validation but if you find yourself perpetually discontent, then just try yeah. some of the exercise that we suggested and take a small step toward it. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things that you pointed out when I was even talking about can or can't is that it's it's not black and white. It's not you can or you can't. It's it's a mindset whether you think you can grow or you can't. The reality is you can grow. You can That's change. Right. You can become content. You can become driven. You can go after the things that you want and get them if you're willing to put in the work. That's right. And you're never fixed with that. And that's the beauty of growth. And that's the beauty of trusting God with your outcome, because he wants you to, to grow in that as well. He's gifted you for a purpose. And the purpose is not to be consternating and discontent all the time. It's to be peaceful and yet still have that energy, which as the apostle Paul said, he mightily inspires within me. And that's what we want to remind you of as well. So that you find that energy inspiring for you too. Well, that's probably all we've got for today's show. I mean, yeah, right? so we're, we're here. We're empty. Don't ask us any questions about this show. <laughs> if you want to contribute to it, though, boy, I'll tell you what. We'd love to hear from you. Reinventure.me slash 112 is our show notes, and we love calls on our show line. It's 612-314-5447. And, of course, we love it when you share this podcast with your friends or write us a review on iTunes. Go to reinventure.me slash iTunes for that. And saying... So long for this week. This is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Take care. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>